Let's go. Hello, FitFizz friends. I have a fantastic guest for you today, and I'm going to introduce her in just a quick moment. But in case you're dropping by for the very first time, I'm your host, Kelly Wilson, and I'm the owner of FitFizzStudio.com. I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. FitFizz is here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. All right. My guest today is someone who I had hoped to have on the show ever since the very, very beginning of the podcast. And I finally got around to asking her. She said yes right away. Her name is Allison Hager, and she is a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and nutrition educator. And I know that Allison works a lot of very early and late hours to be there for her clients. So Allison, thank you so much for making time to be here today. No problem. I'm excited. I have never been on a podcast before, so this is my first. (laughs) Oh, wow. I am surprised to hear that because you have so much good knowledge to share all the time. And I was trying to think back. We met, I think, originally on Twitter at least about 10 years ago, I think, when the hashtag fit fam, that was like the hot (laughs) and popping thing. (laughs) And um, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if anyone uses that anymore. But I don't um, know. I try to bring it back every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll throw it in there every once in a while too. <laughs> it's it's like a, a good classic hashtag fit fam. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, so and I remember when I first found you and I followed you around to all the other platforms too, because I think you were one of the first fitness people that I found, and I clearly remember that you had um, that you had appeared in Oxygen magazine on your bio. And I was such a huge fan of the magazine at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, this woman is awesome. <laughs> and um, so that's how what I remember how we first connected. Um, but you didn't always love working out, right? No, I was never like an athletic person whatsoever. Like that was kind of like my brother's jam. And I was the tag along sister to go to all the athletic events. And it wasn't until like I was a senior, well, a senior in high school, I kind of started to do some running and attempted to go out for high school track. And I mean, I wasn't good whatsoever, but it wasn't until I got into like my senior year of college when like I just wanted to lose weight so badly. And I just kind of, tried to research like what the heck am I supposed to do like obviously everything I've tried all through high school and junior high I was a large kid all the time like what am I supposed to be doing and so it was kind of like running was the only thing I knew like there's tons of running magazines I'm like okay I'll just start running and problem is is I couldn't actually run it was more like a walk jog like that Uh kind of thing so that's mainly where I started was attempting to run ish or slog maybe is what you would call it yeah but that was your starting point and I was I was never in any sports as a kid either never it never interested me (laughs) um yeah but tell us a little bit about how weight played a part with your journey and how that changed everything for you yeah so like like I said I was 
I was overweight, like all of my life. And I remember not, you know, just not being a kid who was ever slim. And I remember I never got to shop as a little, you know, little girl in high school. I always had to go to like the plus size, like categories and all the different shopping malls and whatnot. And um, just being overweight, like my entire life, I guess, like for me, it's, I guess you visually always see yourself as a large person. Like you all, you always go to the the store and you always go to grab an extra large or, you know, that, that plays a part on like how you, you feel about yourself and that kind of thing. And that kind of shaped me like all through high school in the sense of like mentally, um, I was the person who like, I was like kind of like a jokester. I would make fun of myself all the time in the sense of uh-huh. I viewed it as if I make fun of myself, it doesn't give anybody else the opportunity to like make fun of me for being fat. Uh-huh. And so I just joked, you know, I'd always be like, oh, I'm the big person. I'll take the big seat or I'll, you know, just joke around about anything. But in reality, like it was like something that I actually felt, you know, like I yeah. didn't really want to be that person. And that's kind of what shaped me into you know I still struggle with some insecurities of you kind of still view yourself of how you were for nearly 20 years you know yeah I'm sure uh, you know what it really gets ingrained in you at such a young age I'm sure it's hard but this is one reason why I wanted to have you on the show because you have such a great way of speaking so realistically to people who do struggle and you know there are so many trainers out there who train athletes and I think you you really connect with just regular everyday people and that's who I really love to train as well and but you have such a great way of connecting with them and relating and and being realistic and being you know you understand the struggle that so many people go through um so going back to still like the earlier days of like when you turned personal training you, you did you know weight loss for yourself and you turned personal training into a career i'm not sure when oxygen magazine came into play which is i want to hear about that too but kind of talk about how you know you lot well tell everybody too you lost a lot of weight tell everybody how much weight you lost on your own yeah so i lost 90 pounds and that was really it was going into uh, my senior year of college and it was it was kind of like a weird, like I, our college had done away. It was, I mean, a, a small liberal arts college that I went to. And um, it basically was like, they had never had cheerleading. And then for one, they decided to bring it back like my senior year and all my friends were trying out. And I was like, well, I want to try out. Mm-hmm. And all of my friends made it except for me. And mm-hmm. I felt like I did a really good job. Like, I love music and dancing and stuff. So I went to the coach and I was like, Hey, like what's, you know, what's up? Mm -hmm. And she, she just was like, Allison, you know, you did good and stuff, but like, I I need you to be smaller, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I like, like that was really devastating to me. And I remember like going home and I was like, you know, venting to my dad and I was like, Oh, like this made me so mad. You know, just, venting and I just remember my dad being like Allison listen you know like I'm your dad I love you like if you're gonna be 300 pounds or you're gonna be whatever size I like your mom and I are gonna love you no matter what Mm -hmm. but you have to love yourself Mm -hmm. and like that was like really hard for me to 
be like, okay, I have to get myself together. And that's when I literally kind of use that for motivation is I was like, you know what, I'm going to come back in the, in the fall and be like, look, I, you know, I lost weight. And that's exactly kind of where I started is mm-hmm. I just started writing down what I ate. And then I had a job, a summer job. I had to be there at eight. I got up every day and just went to the gym and I found some random workout on, on in a magazine, which it happened to be Oxygen magazine. Okay. And so they put, they would put out monthly like workouts and stuff like that and suggestions. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I started to learn about like what it means to like eat healthier and mm-hmm. what it means to work out. And, you know, I just kind of tried to just follow their like to do guide and it, it, like it was something that I never cared to know about any of that information. But then when it applied to me, I really just started diving in and researching more and more. And by the end of the summer, when it came like August to go back to school, I had lost 34 pounds and I never weighed myself all summer long. I was just focused on my actions, like just control what you can control. Like, Mm -hmm. and I lost 34 pounds going into college and I, I just made a pact with myself, like, I have always had this rule since then, like never miss a Monday and never go more than two days without working out. And that was like my self check, you know, like you have to keep, you have to keep going. And Mm -hmm. I just showed up every day, you know, I still had college classes and stuff, but I just kept going and going and going. And for, I had always been obsessed with the scale and I never really was obsessed with the scale. It was just, I focused on my actions because I knew in the end, if my actions were where they were supposed to be the weight, like my health and everything was to follow. And, you know, I went that whole entire year and I really just had about 20 pounds left to lose. And I had signed up for half a marathon at the very end of that year. And I ended up running it. And by the time I got to that day that I ran my half marathon, I was down 90 pounds. Wow. That is really cool to hear more details than I had ever heard before about your story. And one thought that I had was like, that's cool that you went to Oxygen Magazine because at the time that, you know, there were a lot more fitness magazines and I don't, some people might not even be familiar with it now, but I think that's a better one of the ones that were Mm -hmm. out there to choose from. So that's cool. Do you know how you ended up choosing that over others? Um, There was actually um, there in my hometown, like we, in my hometown, it was like, like 4,000 people. Mm -hmm. And so there was like, a gym and there was a lady who was a personal trainer who owned a studio and um I I I went to a couple of her classes I was never I never felt comfortable obviously when you're bigger you don't feel comfortable going to a gym Mm -hmm. and I remember I I had seen her one day and my mom's like oh you should talk to her and I talked to her and she was like you know I read this magazine it's really encouraging you know and I was like Mm -hmm. okay So then I just signed up for a one year subscription and I just got like hooked on, you know, their monthly recipe and a monthly Uh workout or that kind of thing. So it just kind of grew my knowledge. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's so great too, that somehow you knew that you didn't need to be on the scale all the time, even though you didn't have the knowledge base that you have now. Right, right. That's really cool. Um, So um, then how did you end up, tell everyone how you ended up in Oxygen Magazine? So I ended up, it, it was more like I was sharing, like I, 
I use social media. Like I know social media now we have tons of people who like want to be like fitness influencers and all of that kind of stuff. But literally like as you and I met on Twitter, I a hundred percent started with um, like Facebook and Twitter as being like an accountability tool. Mm -hmm. And Me too. I use, yeah, I use it to be like, I ran today or I didn't want to work out today and I did it. And mm -hmm. it was just one of those things where social media, I started sharing, you know, and I would tag oxygen magazine in it. And, oh. um, they're one of their stories, like at the back, they always had a monthly success story and I mm -hmm. always read them. And I always, you know, I was encouraged by seeing people and being like, well, she did it. I could do it. Yeah. And I started reading those and, you know, I tagged them in it. And one day I just decided to write him a letter because after I had lost 90 pounds, basically I had done their workouts and meal plans for a whole year. And so I just sent him a message and just said, Hey, I want to tell you, thank you. Like, this is my before and after I've done this for a year. This is where I am. And one of their editors reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to feature you in this story. And that's where, you know, they wanted me to send them pictures and I did an interview and that kind of thing with them. That and that's how so, that happened. That is yeah. so cool. I remember that exact feature that you're talking about. I think yeah. it, was, it was always about 10 or 15 pages from the end of the magazine. Yes. And yes. Uh, I remember because like, because I love the magazine so much, I would save several issues. I probably mm -hmm. would save at least 12 of them. And I remember when I first found you, I was like, wait. And I remember that I went home from work <laughs> that day and looked and I was like, yep, there she is. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> but yes, that's so I cool. Love um, so then how did you end up being the one helping to transform other people's lives by being a trainer? So I... One of the things that I first did, um, like when I was in Iowa and I was going to school and stuff and I still wanted, I mean, there wasn't a ton of access to gym access. It was like the college gym and there, there was a high school gym. I, um, there was a lady who had come to town and I have never, never knew what Zumba was, never heard of it or anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went to this lady's Zumba class and then um, I started going several days a week and that was another one of the workout programs that I had had done and when I had moved back and I was running and stuff um, I decided to get Zumba certified mm -hmm. to help out the trainer there in my hometown after I graduated and um, it it was a certification I went I did it I loved it I taught Zumba I mean that was the only thing I did for a really long time and then um, I after I had graduated college, I actually, my degree is in elementary ed and special ed. Oh. And yeah, so I um, left my college and my goal was to go be an inner city administrator, you know, like in St. Louis, that's where I had interned after college. And the year that I moved to St. Louis, that was the summer that all, like all of their public schools lost their accreditation. Oh. And I could not find a job because I was too qualified to get a job there at their public schools. Oh. So then I had to move home and that's where I started working for my hometown school. And I just started kind of teaching Zumba on the side. Mm -hmm. And that led to another like empty um, job career for me. And I moved to the place I li now live in and that's in Salina. And um, I in moved Kansas, here. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I still couldn't find a teaching job that would like 
I couldn't, I couldn't even pay my student loans on some of the, the teaching jobs that I was offered. Mm -hmm. And so that's where um, I started working at the buckle as just a sales associate. Mm -hmm. And I worked part time at the gym because I got a free membership. And um, that's how I, I could afford a gym membership is I just if I could teach two classes a week, my gym membership was free. Mm -hmm. And everybody had kind of, um, you know, the people from the gym saw my transformation, or they had heard about it. And it turned into one of those things where it was like, Hey, will you help me? Hey, will you help me? And before mm -hmm. I knew it, I had tons of people asking me for help. But I personally, I'm somebody I want to be qualified to help you. I don't want to like grow science you and be like, well, this is what I did because this is what I did, you know? Yeah. And I wanted the background and the knowledge. So then I, I started reaching out to some other people who I knew were certified trainers. And I'm like, how do I do this? Like what, what process do I go through and all that kind of stuff. And so the gym that I actually still work for, um, they paid for me to get my certification in, um, in personal training. So I, I literally, walked in there as a Zumba instructor, turned into a cycling instructor, and then they hired me as a full-time personal trainer. Awesome. And that's exactly how, how I did it is I just, you know, I use so much of my social media as accountability, but I once had somebody tell me, um, you know, what? I went, I went to the gym and I kept going and I just always think about your story and how, if you can do it, I can do it. And mm. that's just always been my mindset or my mentality is even if I just inspire one person to feel better or to work out or be healthier, I help one person, you know, like oh, yeah. I'm not here to be an Instagram influencer or whatever. I'm here literally to, I, I want to share my story so people can feel like that. So can I. Yeah. And you've done that probably more times than you, than you realize or can count because I know just from watching you over the years, like you're always so inspiring and, and very positive. And there's definitely um, a difference. You know, if I know some people who don't necessarily like exercise or fitness and they, they have that idea of fitness influencers in their mind that have kind of ruined it for the rest of us, but you are not right. like that. You are <laughs> legit. You are not just like on social media to post pictures of your butt. You're like doing the work and you're, you know, keeping it real with everybody. And that's why you're so likable too. And, you know, you're, not telling people, oh yeah, you can lose 50 pounds in two months or anything crazy like that. So, right. <laughs> um, and so like another question I have for you and that I want our listeners to hear from you is what are some things that you find that you say to clients frequently, you know, whether it's gimmicks that they were led to believe somewhere else and you explain what the real thing is or myths or misconceptions. What are some things that come to mind when I say that? Um, a lot of things that come to mind just, just for me is one, I have a very hard time with the, the just eat less, move more because um, a lot of people fall into a trap, which I, I mean, I have had an eating disorder where I was over eight and then under eight. And a lot of times, like we believe these like fad diets and like every magazine or every time you scroll through some type of Facebook or whatever, there's always some type of article telling, you, you know, like you said, lose, lose 50 pounds in a month or whatever. And literally that kind of stuff just makes me cringe mm -hmm. because people, people really think that like, 
losing 50 pounds in a month is healthy. Like, no, you're losing muscle and fat in your organs and stuff like that. And so I have a really hard time when, you know, people want that weight to come off fast, but heck I was there once. And I understand like when you're obese and you want to be thin, like you're like, I'll do anything to get this weight off. Mm -hmm. But, um, it kind of turns into a health factor too. And so I, I fell into that trap once upon a time when I just wanted to lose weight. I was doing like two hours of cardio every single day. And I got down at like, I myself once had, like I've hired a coach because I got to the point where I was exercising for over two hours a day and eating 900 calories. And you can only do that for so long before your thyroid works way less. Your hair starts falling out. You can't sleep at night. Your, your body is just exhausted. And you know, that's, that's what I always think about when people are like, Oh, I just need to eat less and move more. And it's like, well, yeah, but like, what are the quality of what is the quality of the exercises you are doing? And what's the quality of the food you're eating? And all of that kind of thing. I just, I have a hard time when people want to do things so fast. And it's so hard to have patience on, you know, a journey when people think of it as like a, a destination, you know, like, Mm-hmm. I I used to think I will be happy. I will be happy with my life when I'm a hundred. I've lost a hundred pounds. Like that. Those are the lies I used to tell myself. Mm-hmm. And so having that mindset of okay, there's no destination to this. It's just constantly like your journey is probably not the same as it was five years ago. You know, and yeah. that's how that's how I am too. Is I, I've transformed a whole lot in how I think how I exercise how I eat and you know I just don't want people thinking that weight loss fast is healthy yeah because it really you know when you think about how long it took to put the weight on you gotta exactly it didn't happen in a month so you do have to unfortunately there you know there really is no quick fix at all right Um, you made some really good points um what would you say I actually this is a topic I've been pondering for a whole podcast all about cardio, but what would you say to a woman who came to you and said, I just want to get fit and lose weight and I've been doing two hours of cardio a day? What would you say to somebody like that? Oh, I would say, oh, sweetheart, we have some work to do because... (laughs) Um, I actually have been in this position because with, um, the, the knowledge that I have gained and I have been able to help like some competitive bodybuilding competitors and stuff like that. I have inherited a couple athletes like mid prep or towards the end of their prep where their coaches have them barely eating anything and they're doing over two hours of cardio a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really hard to fix that something like that because, I myself, you get into this, like, let's say your weight is at 150 pounds and you're like, I just got to get to 140, but you're already eating only 900 calories and doing, there's nowhere else we can go from there, you know? And so it's hard because even I myself was once there where I did not, I didn't want to add more calories to my diet. I didn't want to pull back on like how much cardio I was doing because I knew as soon as I gave up on both or one or the other, my weight was going to go up. And so for a lot of people, you you do, you have to start adding um, 
food to your diet and you have to pull back on the cardio. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like my best advice is you have to ask for some nutritional help because there's this cycle that like for me, I got into of you have to burn what you eat, you know? And like I, for a really long time, I had a fitness tracker, like a watch. And I actually did away with it for five years because I got into this mindset where I calculated how many, uh, how much food calories that I ate. And then my goal was to burn that off when I would work out. Uh And so it was, it's kind of like a really sad cycle that you can get yourself into trying to burn and eat a even amount of calories. And it's, it's a sad cycle to be into because you drive yourself like mentally crazy. And I would, mm-hmm. I, I really wouldn't put anybody in that scenario of wanting them to do that much cardio because you have nowhere else to go from there when yeah. you yeah. want to lose more or whatnot. I love how you worded that. I can so totally relate. And there was a point in time for me many years ago too, before I really understood, you know, fitness more in depth and strength training and macros and nutrition and all that stuff where I, I was doing that as well, where I was like, okay, I ate this many calories for lunch. So I'm going to do this much cardio and it should balance out. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that way. And I know it can be really hard to break that mindset because when you, when you think that way, and then, you know, eventually maybe something happens where you start to believe like, okay, maybe that's not logical, but I still kind of believe it. It's just really Uh hard to change that thinking. So that's why I I think it's important to, to encourage people to just be really careful who you do follow on social media. If you are trying to change your body composition, because there's still so much of that false information out there. Yeah. And, you know, you see that, I mean, I had just, you know, a really good friend that last week who sent me a message on Instagram and was like, how do I get a booty like that? You know, and mm-hmm. one, there's genetics that play a role into so much in that. But, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the person that's like, oh, that's Photoshop, because some people do have really great bodies. Right. But at the same time, I like I like we all are so individually unique and our bodies are, I mean, I can look at somebody and be like, oh my gosh, she has a gorgeous body and look at her. She has a gorgeous body, but neither one of them look exactly the same. And everybody's just like beautiful Mm -hmm. in their own way. And I think we just get so, um, it's so easy to get, um, worked up or obsessed about like something that somebody has that maybe we don't have instead of appreciating, you know, the good qualities or, you know, all that kind of stuff that we actually already have. Mm-hmm. That is so true. I love how you just said that. That's, that's a good point. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who is, let's say they're much heavier than they're comfortable with. They hate being in their body. They know they maybe need to lose weight for the sake of their health, but they're scared to get started. I think you mentioned something about fear earlier, but they're, they right. just, the idea of going to the gym is just stops them in their tracks. What's your advice for that? Um, for those people, I actually, my, my biggest philosophy is you just have to start somewhere and, um, it can be small changes. And I say small changes add up to big things. And I use this with so many of my clients is I I say, you know, like you got to work on what you can control. And if that means like, you're so scared to go to the gym, trust me, I've been there. I get it. 
um, start with just drinking more water. Start with writing down what you're eating or logging your food. Or um, for me, I was, I didn't even want, I was so overweight. I didn't even want anybody to know that I was working out. So I would go to the track when it was dark, either uh, morning or night. I remember my mom gave me a fluorescent yellow, uh, like shirt vest yeah. that, like you, you see, like uh, highway people wearing yeah. with a flasher on it because she was so afraid that, Aww. like, when I would go, it was it was so dark outside, and she's like, "If you're gonna go, you gotta you gotta wear this," you know? Yeah, and so that was that's exactly where I started and honestly I never started with running I started with walking and it was you know that's I started with walking I started with drinking water and I started with logging my food and just making sure that I was being mindful and I wasn't eating out and I wasn't drinking soda and that I think that's the most realistic way to start Mm -hmm. and I even would say some of my clients that have been the most successful are actually the people who started with me after they already started working on their nutrition. They maybe Mm -hmm. started logging their food and drinking water and maybe they already lost five or 10 pounds just doing that. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, I have the confidence to now walk into the gym or I have the confidence to message Allison and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm scared. Um, Will you teach me, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think the hardest part, because I'm one of those people, I don't like to ask for help. Um, I had to ask for help, especially with the nutrition, because I didn't come from anywhere where I knew anything about nutrition. And, you know, it's like starting small, work on your water, work on your, your um, eating habits and just, just go for a walk, go for a walk. You don't have to be a professional bodybuilder, lifter or whatever to, Mm -hmm. you know, to move and find something that you'll do. You know, I first started with Zumba and walking. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, now I lift weights. I love it. That's so good. And it it sounds so inspiring even to me to just hear you say that because, you know, it's, it's attainable. The stuff that you said is free. Anybody can do it. It's, you know, it's progress. As long as it's better than the day before, it's still progress. Exactly. Exactly. um, Let's, I like that you mentioned about tracking food too, because Mm -hmm. this is, um, talk to me a little bit about things that you tell clients where you're not having them track every single gram of protein and every single gram of carbs. But, you know, I think a lot of people, if you were to mention, like, say, um, so what is your eating like? Are you, have you ever tracked your food? I think a lot of people, this might sound weird, but they don't really have a realistic outlook of what they are actually eating. Um, Yeah. Because most people, you know, we really don't have a nutrition knowledge as everyday Americans, <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless right. it's something you geek out on. So, right. what are some things that you've said to clients to help them realize, like, oh, I guess I do need more protein, or oh, I guess carbs aren't the devil, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's like one thing is is a lot of times. I mean, the biggest line that I always hear, and I always like smirk on the inside to myself is I always have clients who say, um, Allison, I can't, I can't lose weight. I've been trying to lose weight for forever. And, um, I, I can't lose weight. And I always say, well, what are you eating? And they always respond with not much. I don't eat very much at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hard part is, is like, 
like some of the foods that we eat, like just an American diet is so packed with like large amounts of calories. So, you know, like even if you were to go to Starbucks and you said, you know, you only ate like a, I don't know, a cheese biscuit and some type of coffee drink or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, that's all I had today for lunch. And then at dinner time, we went and ate Mexican and all I had was like, some chips and a salad or whatever, you know, it's like, or I just ate an enchilada. That was it. But then if you actually add all of that up, it comes out to be over, you know, 2,500 calories or something like that. And so for some people, like when I start with clients, I say, don't be perfect. Could you just log your food for me for three days? Just log it. You don't even have to be mindful. Just, just log what you eat. And Mm -hmm they they do. And then when we sit down to look at it, I'm like, what do you notice? And they're able to, I have to put it in their court because it's so easy for me to say, you know, nobody likes to be bossed around, but if I can put it in their court where they're teaching their themselves, mm-hmm. that is more of a game changer for them where I can say, okay, on Monday, how much protein did you get on Tuesday? How much protein, you know, and they're able to see for my women, especially you know, everybody says, I'm like, how's your protein? And they're like, oh, I eat tons of protein. I eat tons of protein. And then when they log it, it's like 40 grams, 60 grams, 80 max, you know? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, and these are the stats of how much protein you really need to have. And Mm -hmm. it's mind blowing to them, but it's easy to tell people where they need to be, but until they actually see where they are and where they should be, it's more of like an aha moment for them where they're able to teach themselves. Because I, I always start with people and I say, I'm never going to tell you, you can't have ice cream or I'm never going to tell you, you can't, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that's not realistic because as soon as I say, Kelly, you can't have ice cream, you want, want ice cream. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so I say, here's the deal. Here's where your calories are. And these are your macros. And um, if you want ice cream, cool, have the ice cream, but make everything else fit, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that like, I do have clients who are like, literally, just tell me what to eat. I'll do whatever you say. And those people are who I consider easy, you know, they just want to be told what to do. Yeah. But I'm somebody who I want to empower you. I want to encourage you because I don't want you to have to depend on me forever. I want to teach you how to eat. Now, if you want me to show you how to work out the rest of your life, cool. Mm-hmm. But I want you to be empowered to go to the store and know how to eat and go through there and be like, okay, I can eat this for dinner. I can feed this to my family instead of, you know, there's so many of those, you know, fad diets out there where Mm -hmm. you pay $500 a month and they tell you to eat this, 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 and this. So what happens when you don't have $500 in a month to pay for somebody to tell you that it's, you're stuck in, you're stuck. And then you, you go backwards. Like, I want you to leave me knowing how to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that so much. And I think that really makes an excellent point about the value of working with somebody one-on-one. And I know a lot of people truly can't afford it, but then there are a lot of people who use that as an excuse as well. Um, When if you have the extra money, you could pay that money to an extra doctor bill that might come up if you have you know, medical issues that you neglect, or you could pay a trainer who has a 
nutrition background as well and have actual tools. Because like you said, there's so many diets out there that people people will spend so much money on it, but then what do they actually learn that they can use for the rest of their lives? Exactly. That's so awesome. Um, Another thing I really wanted to ask you about is something I mentioned on my last podcast very quickly, um, Mm -hmm. but I will you're good at this with um, using progress photos. And I mentioned it very quickly last week in the sense that it is a tool that might motivate some people. It might not be good for everybody. It has its pros and cons, but I think a lot more people should try it than maybe whatever really originally give it a thought. Um, Right. So tell me a little bit about that because you are so good about posting progress photos of yourself and you like like you said you hold yourself accountable in so many ways but give us your thoughts on progress photos it was something that I was a hundred percent against until like I said I hired a coach back when I was um, in the depths of my eating disorder and he was I I was so obsessed with the scale at that point in time he was like, all right, I need you not to step on the scale. If you want to take pictures, cool, take pictures. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I was obese, I hated pictures of myself. I literally hated them. Mm -hmm. And so if you do see some of my stuff on Instagram, literally, I probably have five, six pictures of the old me, because I remember going through my parents like stuff. And I'm like, hate this picture, hate this picture. Mm -hmm. And I threw away or cut up a lot of pictures because I just hated how I looked. And so those Mm -hmm. are the pictures that I'll compare myself to. Um, But at the same time, like nowadays, I like, it's so easy to um, think to yourself when you see yourself every single day, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not progressing. I'm not, you know, it's, you just, you just assume the scale is the only thing to tell you your progress. Mm -hmm. And I had a coach that I had to turn in pictures to. And it wasn't until I did that a couple, you know, month after month that I actually saw the changes in myself, like through weight training and through not doing so much cardio or just being really diligent on my diet. You know, I was actually able to see the changes in my legs or my arms and the first time I actually able, you know, saw a, like a muscle in, you know, in my arm or my back. You know? Awesome. I think, I think people, they don't give themselves enough credit for, you know, what they have done. And for me, it's amazing when I have a client who has been working with me for maybe six months, maybe they start in the summertime and then they go through Christmas and January comes and they send me, I've, it's happened numerous times where they're like, oh my gosh, I got to show you this. And they send me a picture of family Christmas pictures from the year before and this year. And they're like, I never knew I changed. I Uh never knew that I looked different. And I think it's an aha moment for all of us to be able to just not put our worth on the scale and put our worth in like my face is changing. And that's where people always see my weight change the mm-hmm. fastest is my cheekbones. You know, they're oh. like, oh my gosh, you're not, you don't have your chipmunk cheeks or, <laughs> you know, and those are, those are the comments people will say. And I, I remember thinking, what does that mean? Yeah. Until I did like progress pictures. And I was like, that's exactly what it means. Like my face is not as thick as you know that. 
And so I think like, I agree. I think people, I always encourage people to take pictures and I would say probably a fourth or maybe a half of them ever do because mm-hmm. nobody likes the starting picture. Yes. That's such <laughs> and, a good point. Nobody does. Nobody's excited <laughs> to take those first pictures. So Yes. And I remember the first time I ever shared a progress picture and I had to share the before. I was actually more embarrassed of the before of sharing that one than mm-hmm. actually being excited about my current progress, you know? Yeah, I've been there too. It's it's tough, but it's it's like you said, it's so useful. So hopefully that'll encourage someone out there and you don't have to show anyone. Right. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of pictures, um, I want to bring up something very important that I'm hoping everyone listening is going to go vote for you and you're uh, on this. Um, tell us about the contest that you're in the running for right now. Yeah. So like I said, I, social media is just something that like I've come across and I come to enjoy it and, um, work with it. And, so I had come across um, the Mrs. Health and Fitness um, on um, Instagram and it, it was just their profile and it said, you should apply, you know, it's free to apply, whatever. And um, that's kind of where um, I just hit click and you have to submit photos and you had to fill out some questions like, what would you do with $20,000? And um, how has your health and journey uh, inspired other people and stuff? And, you know, I know confidently all the answers to all those. And so I just kind mm-hmm. of filled it out on a whim and oh. entered my pictures. And then I got an email, uh, you know, maybe two weeks later and they're like, mm-hmm. Hey, congrats, you've been accepted into the competition. Cool. And so, Yay. Um, yeah. And they had, you know, it was uh, 10 days worth of voting for like the first, the first part of the um, competition. And then now I'm like in the top 20 and then they have a cutoff for this next part of the competition on Thursday. And so I've just been asking for people to vote. Um, it's, it's a free one, a daily vote every single day. And so, yeah, if you guys want to vote, that'd be great. <laughs> yes. Vote for Allison. I have the link here. It's, um, it's going to be in the show notes so you can use the direct link, but it's Ms. Just MS health and fitness.com slash 2020 slash Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N dash Hager, H-A-G-E-R. The link will be in the show notes and on my website. But um, so we have until the 6th for you to make it through this round, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they cut it down to 15. Okay. We got to get you through this round. I want you to win. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay. And tell everyone where they can find you on social media. All right. On Instagram, Twitter, I am fit underscore not underscore skinny. Um, It's Allison Hager. And that is where I am. And I also have Facebook and people can feel free to add me. I I post a ton of fitness stuff. So I just tell people if you're going to add me as a friend, just know that it's all fitness related. <laughs> I remember when I added you on Facebook, I was like, can we be Facebook friends too? And you were like, yeah, we're like family. So I was like, so excited. But thank you so, awesome. so much for everything that you shared today. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people learned a lot of great nuggets of wisdom and that wraps it up. So thank you. 
Thank you so much for inviting me. It was awesome. <laughs> Good. All right. Follow Allison on social media and make sure you vote for her. And thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.